0: Alrighty, welcome to episode two, everyone. Uh, My name is Josh, and of course, I'm joined with Dane, uh, as always. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the uh, school system. Um, Now, of course, both myself and Dane, or Dane's been out of it for a couple of years now. Uh, I'm still involved. Um, Being uh, from two different streams of senior school, so Dane did... Uh, in Victoria, what is currently known as VCAL, um, which is a, a vocational uh, program. Um, although it appears that that will be uh, finished up this year, actually. Dane, I'm not sure if you've heard that. Um, uh, no, that's news to me. Yeah, they've decided that they're integrating the VCAL program into the the VCE side of things. I don't know how that's going to oh, work. what? But...
1: Yeah, that's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah. To see how that plays.
0: Yeah, it's, it'll be a bit of a mess, I would imagine. It's two um,
1: very different forms of learning from what I remember.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing for, for those listening, you can kind of tell that uh, for, for me, I did, uh, oh, am doing VCE, which is uh, more academically focused than uh, vocational uh, as well. Um, yeah. That's sort of the the introduction to it. Those are the two main sort of streams of senior schooling. uh, So for year 11 and and 12. And
1: just to quickly dumb it down for those of you who might not understand the academic versus vocational uh, meanings. uh, Basically, you do VCAL if you want to go into a trade, such as like being a plumber or a mechanic, something like that, which is more hands-on, not necessarily after qualifications to be like, say you do VCE to be like a doctor or some sort of ologist. You, that's it. You know, basically.
0: Yep. That's, yeah. That's
1: just like, it's the two, it's the part.
0: Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, uh, the Victorian system is split down the middle there. Um, so for, as Dane said, the kids that want to do trades and more hands-on stuff, they go down that route. Um, and then for the kids that want to go to university or, uh, or university the a short way, I should say, um, or as I said, want to be an ologist or a teacher or something, you know, whatever it is along those Absolutely. lines. Um, yeah. Then they go down the, the, the VCE route. Um, sort of the, the main things that we wanted to touch on today are some of the short fallings in the program, uh, things that both myself and Dane have noticed uh, that seem to get uh, overlooked um, or things that simply don't come up enough in, um, in our our school system, in the education system at the moment here in Victoria. Um, One thing I did want to say before we do start this discussion is that each state is going to be different. Uh, The Victorian education, uh, the education system is given out to the states. um, So each area has a slightly different way of doing things as well. Um, So I figure we will start off with I think two of the main things that really get omitted from the school system at the moment, that being uh, how to use your money and money smarts and uh, politics as well. Now, of course, there are going to be elective subjects in these areas, whether it's, uh, you know, Australian politics, which only some schools run, or uh, some might say accounting or economics, things like that. there is really a lack in the uh, core subjects for anything surrounding these these areas. Um, one thing that I noticed in particular, I uh, recently watched a, a three episode series by um, Scott Pape, the, the barefoot investor. Um, yeah. And he decided he was going to implement some sort of a, a school program based on the way that he does uh, his money things and the way that he's become, you know, well-known as he is now. Um, And it was very interesting to look at, you know, uh, whether it was kids in Queensland, kids in New South Wales, kids in Victoria, wherever they were from, they all found that there was a lack in this area. And um, Mm. even when, he, you know, he would go and interview parents and they would say that the kids have... The kids that took part in a, a pilot program um, brought home the skills and the parents have started, you know, using them as well because even for them, whether they're 10 years out of school, 20 years out of school, 40 years out of school, whatever it is, um, even they didn't receive that as part of their education.
1: Hmm.
0: And, you know, the the idea of the the schooling system is is one of two things I would imagine at least from, from my experience is to set you up for what life is like after school, but also to uh, set you up with some sort of a qualification as well, basically. Um, Now I really don't sort of see how it can be setting you up for life outside of school. If nobody's taught you how to do your taxes or (laughs) how to, uh save money effectively or what investing looks like and different types of um different types of investing or whether that be you know um any sort of truly money based uh knowledge i guess um mm. i know for myself there was a unit in year 10 called uh, dollars and cents i think it was which oh, interesting! basically the the, from what I can remember of that was just uh, this is uh, this is uh, what was it? This is the law and this is how yeah. the law works. This is uh, money. Uh, this is where it comes from, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, like and we had and a stuff. one.
1: Yeah. We had a similar one when I was in, or oh, I would have been year 10 as well. Uh, called commerce. Yeah. So yeah, that was mainly, it was a little bit of touching on a little bit of law, but it was mainly the like budgeting of everything. Yeah. yeah. And then as I got into VCAL, that's when we, um, we did more of a finance based learning as you one could say. Yeah. So okay. we learned more how to, how to, cause a lot of the, sorry, let me start again. More people to, <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck, um, fuck! I've lost my train of thought. Ah, since most people in VCal wanted to be like tradies and stuff, they'd have to learn how to be t- quote how, how to do quotes. Yep. So that's why we kind of learnt the finance side of things. I think probably more than what the VCE side would have, mm. but it did set you up with kind of understanding. But no, it absolutely didn't touch on tax or anything. Which is I found really fucking strange.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's kind
1: like of such a good part of your adult life.
0: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that you do every single year, um, but yeah, yet nobody is there. I suppose I, it's, maybe it's one of those things they figure, oh, the parents will teach them when it's relevant, that's okay. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I, I know for some kids that I uh, am friends with don't really have a relationship with their parents, so probably wouldn't gain that from them. Um, mm. Or it would be something that they would have to do on their own, in their own research, I suppose. Um, yeah, the way which, I
1: learned mainly my finance was uh, watching my mum spend all her money, and <laughs> frankly, it made me scared. So I was like, okay, let's just not do that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. You know, uh, what do they say? Experiences really, uh, really shape the way that you think, I guess. Uh, or learning, learning, learning by experience, that's the one. Yeah, that's it and
1: in this case it was uh, her being a bad example
0: mm, yeah
1: what not to do <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i mean at, at least it's something hey that's it's be- better than nothing i suppose and at least you were able to pick up on those things and uh use that i suppose to your advantage down the track uh well, yeah. we, we we hope at least that you know that's that's where that's gone um that's more sort of the, the, the money side of things. I also wanted to touch on uh, politics because I feel like it's such a unspoken side of school. Like it it's is such a taboo
1: within the education.
0: Ridiculously. Like I get that teachers are not allowed to talk about their political views. That's yeah. That's a, that's just, a, that's boxes there. Yeah, that that is a. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's either legal or an uns, unspoken law, one of those, I, which makes sense. I believe
1: it's probably a law. I it, it makes sense. Yeah, because cause, it'd be the same way as um, oh, let's like religion and stuff. How mm-hmm. how we have religion and science. It's like oh, they. It's like don't talk about it, even though the school teaches you the two subjects.
0: Yeah, actually, that is that is a very, very good point that I've never considered. You know, wh- wh- where, where's the line that you cross there? So s- most schools, at least, you know, all the religion schools have got a religion class of some sort. Yeah. But there's no... Uh, unless your school runs in year 11 and 12 Australian politics or global politics, it does not mm. exist in the school system. Absolutely not even not. An, not even a brief explanation, barring... I did uh, 20th century history, which is a, a year 11 class. Um, and okay. we spoke about um, the cold war and communism versus capitalism. That is the, Interesting, yeah. that is the only part of politics that I have learnt from school. Mm. And that's not even relevant really to here. Cause we're never going to become a communist country. It's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Definitely <laughs> so, not in our lifetime. R-
0: realistically, that's not, that's not really helping. And this whole, you know, like how important is voting? Uh, Why do people vote? Who do you vote for? What are their beliefs? Even going out of your way to look at the different political parties is so foreign in kids. Like I get it. You're a kid. You don't have to worry about it yet, but you will, you are going to inherit the problems of decisions made by governments. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the first culture shock once I got out of school was actually having to register to vote and uh, vote, make a decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, roll, you roll up to the big joint and I give you this massive piece of paper and it's all these names on it and different parties. It's like, okay, I've heard this, this and this party on the news, but it's like, I don't know which one to choose. I didn't do research beforehand.
0: Mm-hmm. And any
1: research you would do, attempt to do, it's all biased to either either party. Yeah. There's no one real big website where it's like okay here's the pros here's the cons mm. that is unbiased
0: well i think that the 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 very very least that you can find out from the the websites because they are going to have this spin on them absolutely they are that's that's the nature of it all but you can at least get to the bottom of their core values um yeah and fairly easily you can look at the history of the parties so if you look mm. at um say, uh, labor and liberal, there is clear distinctions of where they came from and why they do what they do. Um, yeah, we'll, I'll save all of that for a separate episode when we talk about, uh, politics in a bit more specifics. Um, but yeah, there, there are, there are ways and means of getting that. I know for for me personally, um, I was fortunate that, uh, both my parents are very politically driven. Um, especially my dad, he will go out of his way to vote below the line and tick, yeah. you know, one to 30 or one to 50, whatever it is, um, and goes out of his way every every time we have an election to find out what the people are about. So then he yeah. can make the, the most informed decision. I'm very fortunate that I've had that sort of background, so I kind of pick up on some of those skills. Um, yeah. And that's probably the best way to go about it because at least that way you truly are having an, an informed view, I suppose you could say.
1: Yeah, I believe that's... Definitely one of the better ways to be. Unfortunately, not. It's not very common in today's society.
0: Yeah, it's kind yeah. Of, it's that your, your um, family,
1: everyone in your family is voting. This you're expected to do.
0: Mm, yes, that that is a that's a big one too. I'm sure we'll we'll come back to that, and the the sphere of influence that people can have. Um, we'll come back to that when we do the the, the politics side of things because that is a very good point to talk about as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, in regards to the the schooling side of things, is this whole um, there's like a trifecta in school at the mo- at uh, at the moment where you've got academics, creativity, and sporting achievements. Interesting. And it seems almost like you're supposed to pick one out of the three to be yeah. good at, and then the other two get omitted. Uh-huh. Um what what are what are your thoughts on that, Dane, and that idea? What would you what do you think?
1: Look, I am pretty much agreeing with you here. It's it seems like everything kind of goes in its own direction. It's like mm. like you said, pick one and then forget the others. It's um yeah. it's like oh well, well you wanna do sport, go to Cedar, you know. Mm. It's like you want academics, you're in VCAL, and that's going to be your main focus. Mm. It's it's kind of just a row you're expected to choose and take such, so early on. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's like, yep.
1: oh, fuck. If, if you get to the end of, you know, VCA, year 12, you just waste two years doing exams and bloody worrying about your ATAR just to get into, you know, for example, a trade. Mm. Yep. I'm not saying a trade is lesser than someone who would go to university, but. It, there's a different path you could have taken in a whole lot less stress. A, a,
0: a streamlined way, you could say. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it seems and like there's just this this idea that you can only be good at one or maybe, if you're lucky, two of them. But yeah, any, any more than that and you're either overachieving and if you can't fit into any of those three, then you're not doing well, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're basically at that point, why you attend school?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I've noticed. So there's at the moment in the, uh, again, this may or may not change over the next couple of years at the moment, there is another, a third program called uh, VSP. And what VSP is, is basically it's doing VCE subjects without the exam at the end of the year and without the ATAR school. Uh
1: yeah we have and
0: that too. what I've found very interesting this year is uh I have happened to sit with a lot of guys that um may or may not be academically driven shall we say um, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's been very interesting how much the teachers really push those kids into vSP mm. it's like oh you don't you know, you're not going to be able to put in the effort. I'll just go and do this instead rather than like, Oh, okay. It, you know, it's up to you whether you put in the effort or not, at least you can still come away with the score, I guess. I don't know. It just kind of. yeah. But
1: the big conversation is the end of the day is uh, I'm pretty, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, one, like, let's say you have a bunch, you know, out of 30 kids in a class, you know, about six of them are unmotivated, not academically mm. driven. As you're saying, those kids all staying within BCA doing exams, I'm, if they're not performing to their absolute best, that's going to well affect the other kids in the class and their score. Uh, from what I remember, ATAR wise, mm. it's, it's just going to bring everyone else down. So I'm pretty sure that's why they tend to push them towards the non-exam route.
0: Mm.
1: It's just that's kind of like the unspoken middle ground right now. It's like we well, you can't—you haven't decided if you want to be in either Cedar VCal or VCA. Can't go to VSP, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like that—that like, that middle, kind of that awkward middle where, um, like I've noticed, aside from quite literally aside from this year, it's never really spoken about no. that it exists and the idea behind it and. Um, I suppose that the one thing that doesn't really make sense to to me around VSP existing is why bother doing the VCE subjects if you don't, Mm. if you're not going for the ATAR and you're not going for the exams at the end of the year and all of that, like why not do, why not say go to a TAFE or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do or, um, just do what you have to do to get into wherever you want to go to. Uh, Why have that middle point that's kind of just awkwardly sitting there? Yeah. And it's not like it's its own program or anything. It's just uh, you get to drop one subject. So you go down to four subjects. Um, And then you get a bit of extra time, no exam at the end of the year. I don't really get, the, I suppose the benefit to that. I suppose really?
1: if, a lot of the kids that are in it aren't really looking at the benefits. They are kind of just waiting to finish year mm. 12 <laughs> without dropping out. They're just yeah, wanting the certificate.
0: It's like buying You're time probably, almost.
1: That's it. You'll find a lot of the kids that do that end up, you know, doing their gap year or whatever. And that's basically when an ATAR is useless. Mm by that point, they'll end up just going into some TAFE course um, and going that way instead of straight into uni.
0: Yeah. Or straight into the just,
1: That's it. Not necessarily with the desired career path in mind. Mm. But typically if you're undecided, I see why this, that program could be beneficial because it's like, well, you don't have to stress your ass off for a goal you don't even have yet. Yeah. you know, like, yeah. And you don't know what you're going to so use it for. That's exactly right. Mm. So why not? Do that, still get your year 12 pass, have a gap year, possibly where you're working, getting some life experience in different jobs. Could be anything from like retail to hospitality, whatever, you know, typically yep. a job you'd hold throughout year 12. And then decide, take that year to decide, okay, I'm going to do this course. Yeah. Because I quite like working in this field. Da da da.
0: Yeah, I know, get that life experience. Kind of,
1: that's kind of my view of mm. it. Because people who do, uh, VCal, for example i did a school-based apprenticeship and basically the minute i stopped going to school i was working full-time i yeah. already knew what i was doing and i had already been uh i already had certificates in that area someone who's in vca they'd be going straight into uni mm-hmm. and yeah vice versa so, yeah that's yeah
0: just
1: kind no, of how I, I think I the
0: the one thing that um both you and I are similar in in this instance is that we both kind of had an idea of what we, what we want to do or what, you know what the plan was from year 12 um, yeah. and I think that makes it heaps easier sitting on the outside and you know talking about it like that um, because really. we, we had an idea of what we were going to do um, you know I've got a lot of friends of mine that still have no idea what they want to do you know, outside yeah. of school. And I think that's another thing that is sort of an issue um, is that there's really sort of a, a lack of guidance around it all.
1: But also you can't expect, you know, uh, a 17 year old to choose what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Not necessarily yeah. saying you, once you get a certificate, that's all you can do, but it is quite hard. Once you get that certificate, get into that field. It's going to be hard to change jobs mm. in a, transition into a completely different field, you're going to be starting from nothing again. Yeah. You know, in at a time where probably at, at an age where you're supposed to be self-sufficient. Yeah. You know, that's your in- that's your income. Like uh, basically zeroed out that you're starting again.
0: Yeah. No, so, that is, that is a very good point. Um,
1: it's hard. It's, it's been a debate for ages. It's like, well, you no. can't expect kids to do this and this, this, but also like, what the fuck are we supposed to do?
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's there. there, I suppose at, in the end of the day, there does have to be a a point in time where you have to make the call eventually. Um, I think one of the problems is that the importance of year 12 is drummed into kids from the start, but the importance of figuring out what you want to do after year 12 doesn't really come into frame until year 10. Yeah. Which is kind of too late by that point. I think. Cause yeah, you've already, you've, got... <laughs> you've already picked your subjects. You've already figured out what you, what, you know, what you're good at, but what you're good at and what you want to do for the rest of your life, may be two very different things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: It's kind of like the, the, the motive behind picking subjects in year 11 and 12, um, hmm. which again, that may, this may come up in another conversation at some point, but you know, this notion of pick the things that, are going to get you scaled up, you know, pick the difficult subjects. Really that only goes so far. If you're not good at them (laughs) (laughs) kind of defeats the purpose. Um, Like I've got a lot of friends at the moment. So I, for the people listening, I was part of a uh, enhanced learning class for the first couple of Ah. years. Um, So a lot of, yeah. (laughs) Um, So a lot of my friends are doing, uh, English language and math methods, which are perceived to be sort of the more difficult subjects. Um, and a lot of them are absolutely hating it. Absolutely yeah. hating it because it is a lot of work, a lot more than what they are used to. Um, and there's no real click there, but because they were previously good at it, they decided to pick it up and continue with it. Or because of the scaling or, you know, something like that none of them really seem to actually enjoy the subject, which no, is such, a, a, lot of people, such <laughs> a foreign concept to me. I Fortunately, I had this realization in year 10 where I went, maths is not doing it for me. So yeah. I, in the last year and a half almost, geez, um, I've not done a single math class. <laughs> um, <laughs> That was, that was my, uh, my call with, of course, with the parents happy to do that as well. And representatives of the school completely understanding as well. Um, I made that call that, look, it's not for me. Uh, I found that it was just getting me worked up about useless stuff. Um, you know, <laughs> the things that we learnt in those math classes, I tell you, I'm never going to need to know in my life, but anyway, that's a story for another day. Um, what was, I, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, the the whole picking, picking subjects. Like, for me, I picked everything that I knew I was going to enjoy or at least that yep. was going to be relevant to where I want to go. Yep. I think there needs to be more emphasis on kids really figuring out or trying their best to figure out what they actually are passionate about mm. earlier on. Like, for me, I was fortunate. I knew from a very, very, very young age... I was wanted to work with animals. Um, So I went out of my way to do different experiences to try and do some volunteer work or work experience stuff, whatever it was. And, you know, try to get to know people in different, different walks of the field to figure out what, you know, what's on offer, what's there, what I need to do, um, what's recommended, that sort of thing. But I've got some friends that have not, They've, they've got like a brief idea of what they want to do. They haven't spoken to anyone that does it. They haven't really gone to many open days or anything like that. It's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot, I would say.
1: Yeah.
0: But I really think there needs to be more emphasis on, this may be a school by school thing. I have no idea. But there really needs to be more emphasis on the importance of figuring out what you want to do as soon mm. as possible because electives start coming in, at least for us, they started coming in at year nine. Once electives start coming in, you really need to be on to what you want to do. Otherwise you're just going to fall behind. Yeah.
1: You're probably fine with a lot of kids. It's just the lack of motivation in general. Mm. It's not necessarily, they, they're difficult finding what they're passionate about. It's just like, at what point does a passion become a chore really? Yeah. You'll, you'll find a lot of kids start out passionate about certain subjects as you find everyone's a little keen, year seven or whatever. Mm. And then just as the years progress, they just they just overschool. It's just yep. not for them. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way the, sk- the school and is bloody laid out and the system or if it's just uh, a generational problem or what. But it's mm. just it's not doing it for a lot of kids and there's something going on there. Like that's yep. for you and I we got pretty lucky in that we were you know we we we've, we've done all right for ourselves we yeah, know what we wanted it. to do we got it done and now well frankly we're on our way to
0: whatever doing, the next step is yeah
1: that's it we've re- we've already got a little bit of a idea on what the future looks like all yeah. the kids they don't have that they're just yeah. like eh we'll take it day by day yeah
0: it's that's just like, okay yeah that's a good point too it is very much a personal thing as well and figuring out you know where, where you fit into it, I guess, and where you want to go from there. That's it. How did you find um, – obviously, for me, it's all from a VCE standpoint. How did you find uh, – were VCAL kids any different in that sense, do you think? Were they kind of more, I know what trade I want to do or I know where I want to go, so I'm just going to focus on that? Or was there all still that kind of grey area?
1: There was a lot of kids uh, personally in my friend group that I remember. There was a massive gray out gray area. They had no clue what they wanted to do Mm. after school. They ended up, you know, uh, we had to do two or three work placement blocks. So three weeks out of the year or two weeks out of the year. I can't quite remember where we had to go and actually uh, be on site at a job. Yep. uh, And understand what that industry entails. Like, do we want to get into that industry? So we had like, Trials yep. days to help kids try and find what they actually want to get into yep. after school. Like, all right, you want to do carpentry? Here's a pre-apprenticeship. Here's what you need to do. Uh, you now go get an apprenticeship. You can line one up straight after school. Bang, done. Uh, a lot of the kids ended up dropping out, and we never hear from them again. Like, what the hell they're doing? Okay. A lot of them were able to get. They just followed in their parents' work which yep. I found quite bizarre, which, I mean, I, I guess you're going to have those kids yeah. a lot. Uh,
0: so Would that be like, a, like cases where mum or dad already has a business, so we're just going to work for them? Is that sort uh, of... Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, correct. That and, or you know, my uncle's an electrician, so I'm just going to go be an electrician with him. I'm not necessarily... I didn't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, but then there was quite a lot of other kids that knew straight away from the get-go what they wanted to do. So personally, I ended up switching industries. I was originally going to do plumbing. Uh, I went and did work experience plumbing uh, for two, three weeks over the course of the year, and I ended up not liking it. So I was quite happy that I actually had to do that work experience because I found out that I hate going from site to site. I like the routine of clock on this time, clock off this time, go to this location every day. That's where you are. That's what yeah. you're going to do. So, uh, after talking to some people at open days, I ended up coming across a, a company that does school-based apprenticeships. I went through them, got a school-based apprenticeship in panel beating, which I already had some previous experience in from a job after hours. That's uh, around the corner from school through yeah. uh, uh, friends of my parents. And I found that really worked well for me. So I was quite lucky that I was able to find something I liked early mm. and line it up. But yeah, a lot of the kids I found were more gray area than what they knew what they actually wanted to do. And they ended up just settling with anything. He really yeah, threw at okay. them.
0: Yeah. So i I'll just that's... say. Yeah, sorry, you go.
1: Yeah, I just found generally, I found VCal kids to be a lot more unmotivated than others. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's just uh, the whole premise of going to school that they didn't like or they, they, were, they were good at what they did. It's just they didn't want to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: They understood what they needed to do. They just didn't want to do it. I don't know if it's like a social thing or...
0: Yeah, I, there's I, I, there's probably yeah. something something behind that as well. Um One thing that I was going to say is that's fantastic that you guys have got, you know, VCAL kids have that opportunity to go on site for, you know, an extended period of time and figure out if that's really for them. Um, For for VCE kids, at least at the school that both Dane and I went to, um, there's no work experience at all. There's not a, a given time, like, you know, how if you talk to parents, they say, Oh yeah, we used, we did like a week of work experience at one point in the year or something like that. No, nothing. Um, unless you organize it yourself. And for, for me, so I organized to do four days of work experience, um, with uh, a personal mentor of mine. Um, and I had to organize it all myself. Um, I had to go through every, all of the paperwork and everything. And then basically go, here, school ticket off. It had to be while the school was open, outside of the school term. Yeah. During school hours.
1: Yeah. So you would have had to do that on school holidays too, where it's typically seen as a time to rest, building up to exams and stuff.
0: Yeah. It was a very, very particular time in the school holidays as well. So I had a couple of different options. Um, yeah. But the only one that they were going to accept was there's a block at the end of the year where the school is still open and staff are all there, but no students.
1: Okay.
0: That was the only time that they were going to, I guess, fit in because everyone was still there just in case God forbid, anything happened to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah, or something like that. I don't know. That's just the way that they had to do things. Um, Because otherwise during the school year, there would be, you know, half on half off per week sort of thing. So they, it was very particular. And yeah. as um I don't think there's anyone else at least there's definitely not anyone else in my friendship group that's done anything like that. Because you do no, have to go out of hassle. your way. Yeah. yeah. And you have to I had to do online certificates and stuff, which was no no hassle really. But mm. um had to, you know, go into a couple of different meetings with different people, get signatures and everything, and it was it was, don't get me wrong, it was absolutely worth the experience. It was fantastic and I can rave and rant about that experience for weeks on end, but um, the actual organising of it was a pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, and it's going to t- t- deter a lot of people too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As
1: in my we were allocated weeks where we had to go to work experience. You cannot be at school this week. You have to go to a workplace. You have to call someone up. You have to get experience in any field. You just can't be at school, yeah, yeah, it's a force you to do work experience, and I they think, made it super easy for you too
0: I think that's fantastic that 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 exists, especially for you know i it makes so much sense for the vocational you know pathways, the more hands on pathways absolutely um, yeah, I really can't see any downside to that to be honest, that's fantastic, it'd, it'd and I was great
1: if they could implement that to. Yeah. a more mainstream system.
0: Yep, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You really need that because if kids get experience in, you know, like there's some kids that will go, oh, I kind of like the idea of being a police officer or I kind of like the idea of being a teacher, whatever it is. If you can get kids to have, even if it's a day, an hour, half an hour, 10 minutes of experience in what that field actually looks like, not the fluffed up version, really what it is, I think then you'll get better understanding and better selection, better everything down the track. Yeah. I suppose it's just having that having the experience uh, early on.
1: You need that stepping stool. There's a starting point anywhere.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely
1: it's better to know your dislikes first than your likes.
0: Mm. or you know like um for for myself it was uh i was fortunate enough to uh volunteer for the day with um a, a really good friend of mine now um at a a, a wildlife gig and from that day on I gone yeah that's what i want to do. you know it's at least it's just having that that experience you know, going tick, I've done it. This is what it's like. Is this something that I can see myself doing long-term or is this something that I'm going to enjoy? You know, something that I'm going to go to work every day and be like, yes, this is where I want to be.
1: Exactly right.
0: Cause then, you know, the whole cliche, if you won't work a day in your life, whatever it is, um, I can tell you now from my work experience, um, I spent the first two days of the week that I was there scrubbing bowls and it was the <laughs> highlight. I was, I tell you, it was the best scrubbing of bowls I've ever done in my life purely because of the environment. And you know, I knew what I was doing. If you, if you get what I mean, you know, it yeah. was that, yes, I am doing what I actually want to do. And this feels fantastic. Yeah. I think that's the the starting point. I guess is having that experience.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think just more hands-on work experiences is needed, like Mm. desperately.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: People just have no idea the difference what a workplace is versus school. Yeah, it's responsibility goes way up. You can't just not show up. Like you have to get work done. You're actually being paid to do stuff. It's every difference.
0: And there's, I think there's only so much that you can pick up from a part-time job as well. Like that's a fantastic stepping stone in itself. And that's a whole nother topic for another day. Um, Mm. But getting that, that experience in, okay, now school is one thing, but actual working is a completely different kettle of fish. What you need to know on that given day is completely different to what you would in a school day. What you need to do is completely different. You know, um, the routine goes out the window in that sense. It's completely different basically. Um, but there is, yeah, absolutely. There is a need for more direct hands-on experience um, Yeah, in in the school frame at the moment. That's for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: All righty. Um, I think that basically sums up uh, part one of the, the, the school system. I'm sure we'll come back to this again because um, there's so much to talk about. Uh, for, for those listening, it may sound like a bit of us whinging and moaning about the school system, but um, I think we tried our best to put a positive spin on it as much as possible. Um,
1: <laughs> it was mostly whinging and moaning, but you know, that's all right. Sometimes yeah, you got to.
0: Exactly. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you take it as you will. Um, I think next time we might try and get um, a couple of different people on as well for a bit of a, a, a bit more of a, uh, broader, uh, response, I suppose. Um, yeah, maybe even actually that's an idea. I could get, uh, that father of mine who is a, uh, teacher's aide. That could be interesting as well. Uh, oh yeah.
1: That'd be good. Um, be, be good point of view.
0: Yeah. Uh, from. we'll, uh, organize that for another point down the track but uh yeah i think that'll just about do us for uh episode two i guess this would be um for for those that haven't realized yet we're kind of recording episode one and episode two on the same night so we're trying to figure out things as we go um i'm sure i'm sure everything will get better as time goes on of course as you get used to it all um but yeah otherwise i think that's that's about it for uh episode two um as we ended off the last one uh you can find me on all socials as josh's aussie reptiles if you want to see my uh critter adventures and some of the animals that i keep at home um and you can find dane at
1: uh blue horizon reptiles on facebook and instagram
0: perfect there you go Alrighty. righty yep. thanks for listening everyone hope you enjoyed uh and we will see you soon